Jesus H. Christ. Well, I first want to start out this episode by saying fuck you, Squadcast, for giving me technical problems and for making things difficult for Kai and Lauren Phillips. Spoiler alert, Lauren Phillips is our guest today. But I just, oh my God, anything technical drives me absolutely batshit. So I just want to get this out of my system right now so I can be on my game for this episode because we have been wanting to do this episode for a while. Lauren Phillips is a huge freaking star. We love her. Mm. She checks a lot of boxes for me, and I'll explain what I mean by that later. Um, Kai. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I was just letting you roll with that and get that out of your system because I know how you are with the technical stuff. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I want to kill when it comes to stuff that's like that. It just drives me. It makes me sick. It makes me literally physically sick. Anyway, welcome, everyone. To seat of your pants. I am Jay. I'm your host. And with me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Mistress Kai. How you doing after this big hiccup? <laughs> I'm doing great. Like, I'm so happy just to be chatting with Lauren and meeting her, her 10-month-old kitty who has these big, gorgeous eyes. Like, I'm cool. I'm chill. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Good. You're the <laughs> anti-me right now, which mm-hmm. we need. Yeah. So, all right. Well, without further ado, uh, we have... I mean, I'm trying to think of what would be a fitting way to introduce this lovely lady. Uh, but I will just say, you know, we've got uh, multi-award nominated and winning and porn star, uh, Lauren Phillips. Ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Hi, guys. Hey. <laughs> How are you? Good. Better. <laughs> After that rant, I would feel better, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I just, I got to get shit out of my system. It comes with the redhead in me, which is one of the boxes that you check because I've been a fan of redheads since I was about four. So. Gee, I wonder why that is. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe because they're hot. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> we're feisty. Mm-hmm. Feisty. Absolutely. No, I've you- always had natural redheads, like an abundance of natural redheads in my life. Like yeah. probably more than most people. Okay. Yeah. Like they're just sort of like my people. And now I'm like in a redheaded sandwich, a ginger sandwich, and it's kind of yummy. Oh, yeah, it is. And it would be. (laughs) Maybe we'll organize that afterwards. (laughs) So, everybody, if you're not familiar with Lauren Phillips, just a couple of bullet points about this amazing person. Uh, It was lately just officially announced that she's become an ambassador and content partner for Adult Time. that's huge. Adult Time is one of the biggest studios in the freaking world. Uh, what else? We see that she's going to be at the, if I pronounce this right, the Kinbaku? Kinbaku? Kinbaku Studios. Studios. Kinbaku. They Thank are very you. dear <laughs> friends of mine, Jay. You yeah? didn't know that. Yep, very dear friends of mine. We um, are part of the crew that runs the Exotica Dungeon. Nice. Yeah, it's going to be at the Exotica, New Jersey, coming up October 21st to 23rd. And uh, Lauren, if I'm not mistaken, you're a New Jersey native, right? I am. I'm a Jersey girl, born and raised. That's that's another box checker for me because I've always had amazing luck with Jersey girls. Take that for whatever you want to take it for. So, oh, that's another (laughs) whole other category. (laughs) I mean, there's a reason Bruce Springsteen wrote an entire song called Jersey Girl. Come on now, mm -hmm. right? Love that guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, Lauren's going to have exclusive merch for sale, including her own Kiru toys. Which, you know, that's going to be great. So tell us, I mean, you've got so much going on, Lauren. How long have you been in this? And, you know, you're at a point now where you're a, you're, you're a major freaking brand, which is amazing. Um, well, let's see. I've been uh, st- starting next year. I'll be in this industry for 10 years. 
So, um, yeah, I felt my brand and uh, worked hard and really got to, like, kind of, I don't know, do it my way. Is okay. that, like, because, like, um, I wanted to stay a ginger. I'm a very curvy girl. Yeah. And uh, I'm very true to my roots when it comes to being from New Jersey and uh, showing raw sex and yeah in extreme ways so adding milf to my title is like whoop, whoop. so i don't know i just i'm very lucky and i have a lot of great people and around me so it's been a combination of a lot of different things that all add up to the right choice i mean you've surrounded yourself with great people you've done things that you want to do you remain true to who you are uh and you, uh, I mean, well, I mean, obviously your look and your personality and who you are plays a large part into it. So, you know, you, you kind of hit the trifecta, so to speak. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I think, I think, um, I just, I am who I am and you're either going to like me or you're not. But uh, you know, there are a lot of people that are really successful girl. who take that perspective that are sort of, you know, they're very successful because they're like, this is who I am. Take me as I am. I think people respond really well to that, that level of authenticity and sort of, look, it is what it is. I think people like that. And plus, anybody who has ever spoken, I've never heard anybody say anything negative about you. It's always these wonderful things like she works hard. She's so thoughtful and kind. Like, I think that has a lot to do with your success, too. I I just I'm a nice person. That's just how I've always been. And um, I believe that I was always like, as a Jersey girl, there's like, you know, you have respect as your top one, uh, honesty and loyalty. I've always been like that. And I just kind of go with, uh, that road. So, and I, I don't, I like being nice to people and like, I like, treating people as humans and hopefully they would treat me as a human as well. You know, I think yeah, sometimes absolutely. we forget specifically in the society that I like right now that we all are human. And, um, I don't know. I think I said, well, I don't know. <laughs> life is too short to go around being a dick to everyone, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, agree. At the end of the day, you know, even if people don't like you or the kind of content that you do or who you are as a person, I mean, it's their loss, but you know what? I think those people, and at least I like to say this about me, they still respect who we are and what we do because we've established a certain level of, uh, you know, success and work ethic. Um, you know, not everybody's going to like us. That's impossible. Yeah. I've had people like, uh, you know, say some things about me through the grapevine, but at the end of the day, I'm like, I am who I am. So either going to take me for who I am or not. That's who I am. I'm sort of like, like it or lump it. Right? Like it or lump it. Yeah. Like it or yeah. lump it. Yeah. I was told yeah. that a lot as a kid. You know, if uh, there was something I didn't like, it's like, all right, well, like it or lump it, pal. I think we're dating ourselves with, I know I definitely am. Jade dating myself. So, Lauren, I'm very curious um, when our guests come on what their origin story was, like how you went from whatever you were doing. Like, wh- what is your origin story of getting into this? industry i kind of like fell into it actually yeah (laughs) yeah so i was a professional dancer uh for about five to six years and 
I started losing the love for my art. And one of my friends was like, Lauren, you'd be great as a porn star. And I was like, I never thought of it. I never thought of that. You know, I never really got anything. I did some research. So when I didn't know if I could have like sex on camera or not, that was the only thing. Can I have sex in front of people? Mm. Well, so you didn't know if you could do that. I couldn't. So after kind of doing my research, I could, um, I knew that like there was some, you know, like they shoot in Florida and LA and I was like, Oh, I don't know what to do. So, um, I was like, as I was researching, I fell into the swinging lifestyle and swingers. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, what's that? And I started researching that. And I was like, there is a swingers club in Atlantic city called role play lounge. And I was like, this is where I'm going to find out if I can have sex in front of people. <laughs> so I just drove to Atlantic City and I had a great time. I ended up having sex with like three couples. And I was like, oh, I can do this. And then literally on January 1st, I had like a New Year's Eve dinner with my folks. And then I hopped in my car, which was all packed up. And I drove myself to Florida. And that's when I started. Wow. Oh, my like goodness. Just got on 95 and just headed south. Yeah, 16-hour drive. You know what, Jay? Let me say something about this. I have done this. I have hopped in my car because my best friend lives in the Daytona area. I have done this. And I think it takes a certain type of woman and grit to get in your car and drive that far on 95. Because I, I don't know if you've ever traveled that route. But... There's a lot of lonely highway and it's dangerous for a woman. If you break down, it takes a lot of fucking balls. And I think like I'm from Philly, Lauren's from Jersey. We're all sort of from the same gritty type of area. It takes a lot of balls to get in your car as a woman and do that and just go. Honestly, I, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm an only child. So like there was no one helping me. And if I wanted to get something, I have to do it myself. So mm-hmm. this is how it's always been. I love that story. Tell us about that. Tell us about that spectacular little guy you have walking around in the background. He's of, so uh, handsome. Place. Yeah. Our viewers obviously won't be able to see this because, well, they're not viewers. They're listeners. Um, <laughs> Lauren has a new kitten and he is absolutely spectacular looking i mean i've been i'm a huge fan of cats so what what is he right now let's see where is he where is the guy so oh yeah before you logged on (laughs) jay um i had asked about him and she she turned the camera and he was like hey like he knew he was on camera and he's he's very observant (laughs) so he knows he's good looking Yeah. yeah Um, he is actually a Cornish Rex and, uh, a more, um, like exotic type, like breed. Like he's definitely, uh, not a very popular breed and they're not very popular, uh, specifically in the United States. So I actually got him in Tennessee and he is the, supposed to be the golden retriever of cats. He's my emotional support animal. He travels with me. He will be in New Jersey with me. Is he coming um, to Exotica? He, um, I'm actually going to see if he can do Exotica this year. <laughs> I have his little, I have a little playpen for him. Okay. Um, so I might have him. He hasn't done the actual shows yet. 
I might have him in DC do that because it'll be a lot more calmer than. Yeah, it'll be a actually little, New Jersey. A little too much stimulation going on. For yeah, him, there's you know? a lot of stuff going on. And I have to have him in that little that little like uh, playpen. Um, I don't want him to get over exaggerated because he'll he'll want to be with me, and I'm not gonna be able to be with him. Yeah. Because I'm gonna have to work, but he will be at the hotel waiting for me to get there, and um, he snuggles with me at night, and in the morning I get to kind of be with him, and uh, we can play. I walk him on the leash, stuff like that. So, how did you, are you find a- out? Oh, go ahead, Jay. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm curious. How did you find out about this breed? Um, like they sound wonderful. I literally like <clears throat> just fell onto it. So I was at. Uh, a kitty hospital, uh, which is like a kitty vet, um, for my other two cats that I have. And I was looking at this kitty chart and I was like, Oh, what's a Cornish Rex? I've never heard of it before. And, uh, so at the time I didn't have him and I had three cats and I had my oldest was, uh, you know, um, getting old and, so I went to do research and I was going to get another Devon Rex because my other two cats are Devon. But then I found the Cornish Rex and I was like, oh, I remember reading about this. So I started researching and uh, then I found the breeder and I was like, wow, this is like amazing. And I talked to her, t- talked to her every day and I saw he, his, he was the first picture I saw and I knew I wanted him. And we connected ever since. I love that. Yeah. Do you like dogs at all? I do love. I love dogs. I love all animals. I pretty much do too, but cats are pretty much my my number one. I would have a dog if I didn't travel as much. Yeah, they're a lot less independent. Yeah, like um, I would really have to train them to be really good. I probably would, because uh, I would I would have to get a small dog, and I I, ha- I love small dogs. But I, if I ever got a dog again, I probably would want a big dog. I want like one of those like uh, what's it called the German shepherds, like the. Like the the police dogs type feel that can train really really oh, good. That's the, the Malinois. I want the ones that um like I can train and they can run in the back. Uh, and that like usually the bigger the dog, the more snuggly they are. And I want to be able to like snuggle with them. I like a big hunk of so. hunk of dog too. Big blockhead. Yeah. yeah. So, but I don't have I those dogs you can't travel with. Like they're really hard to. Oh yeah. Um. And that breed is the that breed is a commitment. Um, a friend mm-hmm. of mine just got one um, that somebody had purchased through a program that provides like sec- security dogs and military dogs, police dogs. And um, the person bought and paid for it, and then they realized, you know, they couldn't handle the commitment. So my friend got this dog, but he had to actually go for training. To learn how to exhaust the dog because the dog, yeah. those Malinois have so much energy. energy. And then we're all laughing because he's like, thank goodness he's wealthy because he's able to be home. And he spends like three and a half to four hours a day trying to exhaust this dog. The dog's about a year yeah. old. They have so I much probably, energy. I probably would train him to be a service dog. Mm-hmm. So like stuff like that. And yeah. uh, hopefully that would be better. Um, but I just thought I would love to have it. I had a small dog when I was younger, like when I was in like my college, college years. Yeah. I had a Shih Tzu and beautiful dog. She was amazing. Hard to train, but I did like took her to like puppy, like training and stuff like that. Um, But I would like to try to have a big dog. 
Like, I want a dog that, like, will protect me. Yeah. And um, that if I can train them for any type of service, that's what I want. Like, this is something I really want to do. But yeah. uh, uh, Louie, that's his name, Louie, uh-huh. um, is like a service do- a service animal, but they just don't consider cats service uh, service animals because of being a cat. Sure. Uh, the uh, the founder of Chatterbait, for example, he travels everywhere with his dog, and it's a big standard poodle. I mean, the mm. thing is, is gorgeous, it's a big dog, and uh, it seems like it's extremely well trained. It's just, uh, it's I hilarious. think they're at the w- top of the. Um they're at the top of the pyramid for intelligence. They're standard poodles. Really? Yep, they're standard at the top. Poodle. They're the number one. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're very highly intelligent. I think Malinois oh, yeah, is up there too somewhere. I think you have to keep them like uh, stimulated though, like with people and stuff. Because I, uh, if I remember correctly, the older they get, they can get like a little grumpy with mm. people and snap at people. Or am I thinking of miniature, the, like the smaller poodles? Or maybe you're thinking of Kai. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I'm the commotionly breed of human. Right, I was waiting for that. I'm the grumpy. Uh, my thing is, is I'll bet this dog is definitely smarter than some people. So I think so too. Yeah. You know, that's a whole other episode to so, discuss. Lauren, <laughs> you were saying that you were doing professional dancing. Um, do you mean you were working um, like as a backup dancer, that type of professional dancing? Yeah, so uh, I've been uh, uh, classically trained for like 15 years. Wow. I went to college for dance as well. Can you tell and, us where? Uh, no, huh? she got to keep her shit private. All right, don't tell us where. Oh, <laughs> oh I went to Rutgers <laughs> University. Oh, okay. I went to Rutgers. Okay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the Masons, the Masons, yes, uh, I know Mason somebody that went there. Arts, yeah. yeah. And, okay. um, then I was a backup dancer for a Tina Turner impersonator for about five to six years on top of, uh, working with a couple modern companies. And then I was also a dance teacher, which I was, uh, also nationally certified to teach all levels of dance in ballet, tap, jazz, uh, tumbling and point. I actually did some ballet and jazz in high school and in college because I wanted to be a triple threat. And uh, <laughs> it wasn't in the cards for me. We talked about that. Um, Another with, episode. In the yeah. episode with Peppermint and Dusty because she was a ballet dancer too. Yeah. Do you know them? Do I know Peppermint them? and Dusty? Yeah. Do you know um, I'm really bad at names, just to let okay. you know. She there, does there's a couple the, on Chatterbait, yeah. She does the... Uh, uh, you might have seen her at Exotica because she does the um, the hanging the aerial. aerial act with the fabric. I forget what they call that. Silks. Silks. Yep. Silks. You might have seen her. You might not know who she is, but there's a chance you might have seen her when you were there. No, so, you I, mean, I most likely have seen her. Like We all kind of yeah. ran into each other at one point yeah. or another. So I have a question. Um, I'm, I've been so curious about this, and it's something dumb and stupid, but... I wanted to know about the first time you put on those amazing angel wings. 
for Kimbaku Studio because I knew she bought you those angel wings. And there's, the ones I saw were really beautiful. I'm like, what did that feel like? Did you feel like a goddess? I mean, you looked like one, that's for sure. Well, they feel amazing. Um, they they were so awesome to have, like to wear, but they definitely are big. Yeah. Like she got big ones to, to match my body. And I was like, holy shit, I put them on. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> But they were so beautiful. I think they sold them, actually. I'm sure they did. Because, I mean, they looked like they were heavy. But when I saw the pictures, like, you were just so striking in them. And I always wondered, like, when when you put them on, did you feel like a superhero? <laughs> I, felt, I, felt, <clears throat> I felt like the devil, the falling angel. Right? Uh, <laughs> I understand yep. that. Speaking of- you know, speaking of dancing, actually, I'm uh, seeing, you know, from your publicist that uh, you got some feature shows coming up. You got something in Chicago at the end of the month. You got something in San Diego later this year. Uh, yes. And another location somewhere in Illinois, I guess, later this year. So yes, you're still I, doing that as well. Yes, I ha- I'm actually going to be feature dancing in uh, Chicago, Illinois for Blackjacks, which is going to be... Well, let me grab my calendar because now I'm going <laughs> to make sure I have the right. It's the end of September. Uh, so the uh, September 30th and October 1st, I'm doing two shows a night. And then in December 16th, I think. Let me see. Yeah, December 16th and December 17th, I will be also featured dancing at uh, Expose in San Diego. I will also be doing two shows. That's my second time going there. And that is actually my home home club. And, and then, you enjoy that, obviously. I do. Yeah. And then my third one that you mentioned is actually uh, Deja Vu. Okay. And I, will, I will actually be doing five shows. So I'll be doing, uh, it's right on New Year's, uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. And three shows one night and two shows the next night. Have you ever danced at clubs that are in the middle of nowhere and... Yeah. What what do you think about that? I think um, I appreciate that they have me there. And I think everyone deserves to have a little fun and to meet a porn star. Yeah. I mean, I used to go to the uh, the Gentleman's Club Expos back in the day. I was uh, assisting uh, an industry attorney who's not really doing anything in the industry anymore, but uh, would help him get clients. And a lot of times it was in the form of uh, either dancers needing legal representation or the clubs themselves just needing, you know, general counsel protection. So I got to really learn the hierarchy and met a lot of people from small towns that were running clubs. Yeah, I went, I just went to the erotic dance expo this year in August uh, for the first time. And everyone's really nice there. Um, My agent, feature dancing agent, which is A-list. Dave was really nice. I finally got to meet him and I went to the awards and I got to meet people that are like they're in the adult industry, but they're like in a different category of the adult industry. It's like almost a completely different world. So it's almost like when I go to fetish con, it's like a completely different world, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited. I was exciting and I'm still trying to get my, f- like I have, um, I'm trying to get my flow of what I want to feel for my dancing there because remember this is an art form that i love so it's not like i'm just going to dance i actually want to put on a show so i'm still trying to get what i want to represent but i have a solid base down right now like a very i'm very interactive with the audience um i usually have a theme and i blend my own music i pick and blend my own music myself 
And yeah, it's, uh, and still trying to learn, like, uh, I don't know a lot of pole, so I'm learning a little bit of pole, but I feel what I'm going to do is I'm, uh, modernize with, uh, burlesque show with pole. So it's going to have a lot of like, uh, some pole work, but, uh, some floor work, uh, with the slow teasing of clothes. You know, speaking of burlesque, do you have any particularly particular theme or act, I guess, that you like to incorporate into uh, your dance? Um, I currently have uh, several sets. So when I go to feature dance, I bring three sets, which is three sets of as music, three uh, dance sets, so that uh, everyone gets a different show whenever they come to see. Um, I currently have a Jessica Rabbit. I have a Barbie. I have a cowgirl. Um, I have a, a naughty bunny, which I do for Easter. Okay. I have Playboy slash glamorous that I still have to get. I do Playboy during Easter, and then I'm actually currently working on a costume so that when it's not Easter, I can do that. And then I got a schoolgirl one that I'm currently working for, and then I'm actually getting another costume made for uh, near the New Year's Eve one called. Uh, it's going to be Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. Gotcha. So like a Marilyn Monroe type theme. Very cool. So can I make a, um, as a creative and um, just instinctively, can I make a suggestion for you to think about? Mm-hmm. I think you would be phenomenal doing a dominatrix. Actually, that's, that's one of the things I'm working on is I, for Halloween, Unfortunately, my hollow, the show for October is so far away. F- like it's, uh, I don't, yeah. it's so far away from Halloween. I, it's right in the beginning of October, but I want to do an actual matrix theme mm. and underneath. Nice. So I have the vinyl jacket and underneath I want to have a uh, latex outfit. So that's yeah. in the works. That's in the works. That sounds Thank great you. because I can see you coming out and just like, commanding a stage just with your presence commanding a stage and you know pulling somebody up and putting them on his knees and (laughs) and then doing you know the whole seduction and dragging them around putting a leash on them and dragging them around the stage a little bit you know all the theatrics that we dominatrix folks do i think you would be i know i think she'd be phenomenal at it gets me thinking maybe she might want to i don't know employ me as being that guy (laughs) <laughs> I'll have the you guy on my gets dragged around. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, just putting it out there. I, I have some acting chops, you know. <laughs> you're on my. You're top on my list. That's all I ask. The for. naughty list. That's all I ask for. You know, I'm a top on your list, or maybe a bottom in life. I don't know. So top on the list and bottom in life sounds like a good uh, mm-hmm. quote to me. Mm-hmm. It's a good combo. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. (laughs) So you seem like you're incredibly creative. So you do dance and that's obviously your, you know, a big part of your creative outlet. But because you do it also professionally, sometimes, you know, when we do our creatives and we're paid for it and it's something we have to do, I know sometimes, oh, maybe that I don't feel so creative. Like, I'm, you know, getting my... uh, creative expression expressionness out so what else do you do creatively because i would imagine you have a lot of outlets in that regard oh man that's so like hard question like hobbies do you have creative hobbies um, or, oh, i like know. doing like a lot of like the 
do yourself stuff. So like, yeah. um, I recently just per- uh, purchased a new home and I'm going to actually use this location most likely. Um, oh. and you'll see most likely cause I'm going to, I want to start like a nice little YouTube or something. Um, you'll see me start building, like I'll get stuff from like Ikea and stuff and I'll start just putting it together. Like I've always been like that. Cause I'm, uh, my folk like my folks, like my entire family, like you, if you do, if you get stuff, you just put it together. Um, I like stuff like that. I actually, I know how to crochet as well. Oh, yes. And oh, I'm so jealous. I know how to do a uh, latch hook as well. So I used to make like little uh, pillows and rugs for people with cool little designs. And uh, what else? I can do cross stitch, which is what I used to do with my grandma. And what else? That's such a lost art. Yeah. Like those things are a lost lost art you know like the um the generations jay like our generation before us and then our grandmothers they did those mm-hmm. things i used to do it with my grandma i'm so jealous and, um, i wish i knew how to do that uh, my, uh, my grandfather uh taught me how to make pot holders too so when i was like uh when i was seven years old uh, i would make pot holders and i would go around the neighborhood and sell them in like little different colors and sets I was, I literally, I started being entrepreneur very early in life, always making that money. I mean, it makes sense as to why you're successful <laughs> now, because a lot of people have that entrepreneurial spirit. <laughs> like that makes so much sense to me. <laughs> yeah. Like, we I, didn't, uh, I love we that. didn't have Shark Tank <laughs> back then, you know, like you just kind of did your right. thing. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I had all kinds of ideas <laughs> when I was a kid and I just didn't know how to put them in motion. You know, mm. now in my older age, the ideas that I come up with, I mean, I come up with more devious ideas than anything useful for business. But when ideas are presented to me, yes, when ideas are presented to me, I know how to make money out of it almost every time. Mm-hmm. So if, if it's a good idea, that is. Um, so it's weird how that just kind of flipped for me. I think a lot of people in our industry are like that. We just, you know, it's like this innate part of us that we're very, um, you know, entrepreneurial and, and cr- definitely creative hustlers and that combination of that. It definitely is why Lauren's successful. Yeah. Definitely why you're successful. I think I, um, I feel like I'm successful because I feel I have, I have a solid team on my side and mm-hmm. I like to listen to people and I like to hear about yeah. their experiences and their advice and their opinions and it made me kind of be able to communicate stuff that I want and need and to make a plan on how to get it. So uh, the LP team, obviously like I am obviously the head honcho of the LP team, but I have people, I have some amazing people behind me that help me. Were any of them people that you knew before you got into the biz or are they only people that you met along the way? The only people I met on the way, like, remember, I'm from New Jersey originally, so not, I didn't know a lot of people, like, uh, in Jersey from there. And when I went to Florida, I didn't, uh, a lot of the people I met in Florida, I really didn't, because I didn't, I wasn't even sh- shooting for sh- clips for sale yet when I was down there. I think the only person I did know while I was in Florida was uh, Mad Creativity. And I know him now as well. So, uh, and like Vicky Vet, I know, I knew her during cool. Florida when I first started. Yeah. So like Sunny Lane, I knew when I first started. Sure. So stuff like that. I knew them since I 
actually started. Gotcha. started. So since we're talking about that, one of the things I always like to ask our guests, especially ones that have been successful, is what type of advice would you give somebody that's coming up and they're trying to find their way and, you know, they're working their hustle? What kind of advice would you give those folks in our industry? Um, it's so hard because I feel like it's different for everybody. So, um, I always feel like you need to, I'm a very A-type personality, so I like to plan things, I like to write things down, so I feel like you need to kind of get a clear idea. I feel like what goes on is everyone tries to do everything, and you need to kind of be, stay focused on something, and do it, and then slowly start building. Like, when I first got into porn... I did, I think, a couple scenes for that was Amateur Pro, and then I, I stuck with camming. I did camming for two and a half years, just camming and shooting my own content. That's when I moved to L.A., and I started doing mainstream porn. So I do camming a little bit, but porn mainstream porn is my first my first thing. So, um, but you... And I didn't. And after that, like everyone's like, oh, you need to start feature dancing. You need to start feature dancing. I waited. This is the first year I started feature dancing. I waited almost 10 years before I started feature dancing. And it was because I wanted to build up a fan base. Like everyone that starts like right off the bat, I feel like it sets them up to fail. I really do because you don't have a fan base. And here you are now adding something else to your plate. Go just be patient. I I was actually consulting someone earlier today who I've been uh, working with a little bit here and there. And I mean, she's a successful cam girl. She does great. And, you know, she, we've just published an article on why not cam about, you know, kind of how, what does the average cam, you know, performer make? And, you know, she makes more than this person or makes more than the average. And she's only been doing this for a couple of years. So I'm like, you know, just be a little patient because, you're doing great. And I know the thing is, is that you're driving yourself. I mean, if you're your own critic and you're, you know, pushing yourself to greatness, that's great, but don't lose yourself in it and make it the only thing. And also don't, it shouldn't be about the money. Cause like, yes, money is great. Like I'm very Mm -hmm. happy that I make a lot of money for what I do. Um, my, it's always supposed to be that like your parents want you to be more successful than them. And I have achieved that, but I don't, I don't do it for the money. I do it because I love it. And when people uh, like put these of this is how much I make, it puts and puts it out in the world. Everyone thinks they can make it. It's like everyone says, oh, go make OnlyFans to make money. It's, it's not like that. Like my job is a real job. It's a career. And I work like we all of us work extremely hard. It's not fast money. And it, it's it's like not everyone can be a doctor. Not everyone can be a lawyer. You know, not everyone can drive a bus. Not everyone can do this. Like you have to be able to like after at the end of the day, you have to just be you and you have to love what you do and you have to be able to communicate and understand that it's patience to do it. I wasn't making the money I make now. I had to earn it. I had to hustle. I had to work a lot. I was doing 40 hours a day on cam. I was a full time cam girl. And at that time you were making extremely good money. Now it's oversaturated. Like the money now is not like the money back then. Everyone thinks they can make fast money now. And it's just not like that. Everyone lowers their rates and stuff. And it's so sad to see like, you know, I keep in my mind exactly the 
Sarah J, when I first started in the industry, gave me the best advice in the world. And to this day, I still think about it and I still quote her. And she told me to know my worth. And I know how much I worth and I know what I bring to the table. And I think that my goal was when I get on set, when people see me on that call sheet, they are happy. They know they're going to have a good time. They know that shit's going to get done. And they leave saying this is a great day. And every time I get on set, literally I was on set for a job time. Uh, and that's what people say. Everyone's every time they people see me on their call sheet, they they're happy to see me. They know it's going to be a good day. They know I'm going to bring my A game and either I, I'll joke around every, like we, we joke and have fun, but we get shit done. And that's like, that's why I love, I love my job so much. And I'm just very lucky to make the money that I make with it. But it's because I love it so much. Well, you know, also, you got to determine, like, what do you consider to be successful? I mean, are you successful if you have, like, all the free time to do what you want? Are you successful because you really enjoy what you do and it's not really work at that point? Or, you know, are you successful because you make so much money that you have all the freedom in the world, whether you like what you do or not. I mean, you know, everybody has like their own take on that, you know? And you have to remember, it doesn't even matter how much money you make either. It's all about saving and knowing how to budget and knowing how to, to kind of get what you want. Like there's people out there that don't, that live a very, uh, what minimalistic life and they feel like they are the richest people in the world. And I think it just depends on the person and how they want to live their life. It's like, uh, the song with Dolly Parton where she has her mom made her the coats out of rags and she felt like she was a million bucks. This was her like her thing. And I think like so I think we need to remember like it all depends on the person. Sometimes like you just kind of have to like look at life and be like, so I feel good. And does this make me happy? And if it does, then you can be you're like you're the richest person in the world and you're making the money. Uh, money is happiness. Like that is what is making, you know, your happiness, you know? Well, I know for sure that of all my extended family, I'm definitely the poorest of everybody financially, (laughs) you know, but I'm still not struggling. So, I mean, there's that, but I mean, it just tells you the level of success that I've seen, like all my cousins, for example, succeed Mm in, uh, you know, but it is what it is. I mean, at the end of the day, I get to do what I want. I get to go where I want and you know, I get to hang out with what I want, who I want. Yeah, so. exactly. I mean, that's, that's pretty successful and rich and at the core of that is, is like sincere happiness. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I figured if I would have gone the Which other is- way and if I was an attorney, I would be dead by now and not yeah. because of my health or anything like that, probably because I would have, you know, not represented a defense client well enough and then they would have had me whacked. So <laughs> I, think I, I feel like I would have been a really good attorney. Yeah. Yeah. I think like when I want to try to prove a point oh, yeah. mm-hmm. before I did porn, I wanted to be a forensic anthropologist. Really? Yeah. I wow. wanted to like work with the body and be able to figure out crimes and dead bodies and stuff. It was so creepy. Nice. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's cool. I remember when I was in college, there was the, the school of mortuary science where I went to school at the university of Minnesota. And I mean, at the end of the day, you think about it, it's like, you know what they're doing is actually really useful and really cool. Cool. And I mean, you know, you've got a career for the rest of your life, you know, I mean, there's a need for that stuff. And, but at the same time, you know, yes, I was a preppy frat boy. And, you know, you guys probably would have hated my guts if you would have known me when I was like 19, 20 years old, maybe not. I don't know. So, 
they just seem so far removed from like everyone. They, you know, mm-hmm. just, they, they seem ghoulish even. I probably people. would have been very introverted. Yeah. I think they were very introverted, yeah. which very introverted, which is something I've never really been. So. Yeah. I was just thinking what you're describing. I'm like, that does not fit you. Yeah. Um, and I mean, they even <laughs> walked around with jackets that, you know, it was a nylon jacket. It was the eighties. So, I mean, that was the style, but on the back, it said university of Minnesota mm-hmm. school of mortuary <laughs> science. It's just like, <laughs> really? You're wearing that? Are you talking about members only? It jackets? Wasn't, it, no, it wasn't that, but it could have been, you know, <laughs> could did, have you been, wear, yeah. did any of you, either of you ever wear a members only jacket? That's nope. before my yes. time. It is before your time. You are too young. Yeah, she's younger than Did you than wear us. one, Kai? Yeah. I did uh, wear a boyfriend's members only jacket, wow. but I'll tell you what I rocked the fuck out of was um, parachute nice. pants, my black parachute pants, because I always had a booty. So even when I was, you know, 95 pounds, I had a booty. And even though they didn't have any give, for some reason, those pants, um, they fit yeah. me well. For some reason, and uh, yeah, I rocked the shit out of parachute pants. Yeah, you know, more I think uh-huh. about it, I'm probably old enough to be Lauren's dad. How old are I you? I think we're old enough to be her parents for sure. I am 53. Uh, you're too young. Really? Yeah. What, like what my if, my my stepfather is in his 60s. Okay. So my my mom is turning 69 this year. Oh, okay. Um, so I think my step my stepfather is. Maybe 62, 63. So even if I would have had like an, an oops with like a middle school girlfriend or something like that, it still wouldn't be possible. Well, you said you're 53. You're like yeah. younger than my uh, my ex-husband. So, <laughs> so right, he, he, was, he was 56. <laughs> so I like them older. Noted. <laughs> we know what we're doing, us old folks. Usually. I'm pretty yeah, with old, it. You're older. Older. Yeah. And you know what? Oldster. I yeah. I don't try to. I mean, you know, there's days, yes, where I'm like grumpy or forgetful Ugh. or feel like crap or, yeah. you know, every joint in my body aches. But, you know, I, I still try to be as youthful and keep all that shit together as much as I can. I mean, I mean, you have a youthful spirit. You're kind of silly mm-hmm. and, you yeah. know. Everything you do is in jest most of the time. You have a nice, youthful spirit, unlike me, that's like your grumpy grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> so, Lauren, tell us about uh, this uh, this Kiru toy that uh, you're going to be, you know, I guess promoting. Oh, yeah. I want to know about that because, I mean, you know, we've heard of, you know, everybody like at one point having like their own flashlight or having, you know, some sort of molding or whatever. Tell us about this, what you got going on and how people can actually, what you can, how they can get it, I guess. Well, Kiru Toy is a stroker, and okay. obviously, and it's molded by uh, my pussy, and has my signature on the side. And you can get it by going to their website or going uh, getting it from me. Ooh. And basically, you can actually connect us to the. It's called Kio Kino Kino, and it hooks in, <clears throat> and with the video, with any videos or like the buttons, it'll actually. Uh, stroke your dick for you. Nice. So That's it's good. like, you don't even have to stroke your dick anymore. 
Yeah, I mean, it's honestly, crazy. it's not going to stroke itself, but I guess it will now. It's, yeah, well, it will now. <laughs> so, um, I know that they were doing a Labor Day sale, but I think something else is coming up as well. But I also sell it myself. I only sell the stroker. I don't sell. You have to go through them to yep. get the other part of it. Um, the keto, uh, but I do sell the stroker myself and I sign in everything. Are you going to bring a bunch of them with you when you feature dance? I mean, you could sell that shit to all kinds of fans. Yeah, exactly. I actually give it out as a reward. So I play yeah. games on the stage yeah. and the first, the first winner gets it. And I don't think they understand how much they're winning actually, because if you go on their, on their site, it's like 70 bucks for that. Oh, well, that's still not that bad. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. Can, but there's, like, there's to do cooter ball and throw a couple dollars or like as many dollars as you can and you get a $70 toy. That's fucking awesome. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, on that note, we are getting to that point in the episode where we are going to have to start winding down uh, just to deal with people who have shorter attention spans than myself or Kai. So let, let, us, uh, <laughs> let us know here, Lauren, what are the best ways that fans can find you, see you, <laughs> spend money on you? And all that good stuff. Where? Uh, well, uh, all my social medias are same, which is Lauren Fills Up. L-A-U-R-E-N-F-I-L-L-S-U-P. Lauren Fills Up. Because I like to be filled up. Uh, but if you want to know where all of my links are, just go to lplinks, with a Z, dot com, and I'll take you everywhere. Excellent. And they'll have a lot of options on how they Thank can you. see you and spend money and uh, enjoy the legend that is Lauren Phillips. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm so glad you were. I'm so glad that we made this happen. I'm so glad to have uh, gotten a chance to talk with you some. I hope to be back at Exotica yeah. soon and spend some time with you. I'd love to take you and uh, the Kambaku Studio folks out to eat, to lunch or something, because I miss them so very much. So uh, I'm looking forward to that, uh, you know, getting to spend some in-person time Are you with you. amazing. Are you coming to Exotica this time, Kai? So, like I told you, um, I think we talked about this like many months yeah. ago. I've been trying to find a nurse that my mom will accept so I can leave the house, um, which is an issue. My mom, my whole life has had an issue with people, strangers coming in the house. So, I've been working on that for months. It's honestly, at this moment, it's more likely than it's ever been Great. in the past year and a half mm-hmm. since she's okay. been so dying. So, uh, yeah. There's a better chance now that I might actually either Friday night, which is always fucking mm-hmm. rocking, um, or Saturday night. If I can, um, it's only 50 minutes yeah. from me, so I can I shoot say. up, you know, uh, and and maybe hang out for a few hours awesome. uh, in the booth or, you know, do an hour in the dungeon and, and yeah. whatnot. Awesome. Fingers crossed, everybody. Oh. Yeah, fingers well, crossed. I'm hoping to get back. Lauren, where can people find you at the Exotica Show in New Jersey if they go? I yes. I will be uh, I will be going to Exotica in New Jersey and also DC and I will be with the Kimbuka Studios. Okay, so that's where they can find booth. you there. Yes. Great, excellent. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining You're us welcome. on this episode of Seat of Your Pants. Uh, this episode will be coming out uh, before Exotica for sure, uh, probably later this month in September. And uh, thank you again for joining us, Lauren. And thank you again for your ultimate words of wisdom, Mistress Sky. Thank you. I'm always happy to be here.